3: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
0: in season or off season you and your car make a great team take care of it with chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage it's a winning play chevron together ahead. We're going to go ahead and hear from Tua Tungavailoa here in just one second. 33 for 47, 329 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception, a 95.1 passer rating. But I think the one play that's going to stand out in everyone's mind this week is that interception. See, let's see if we hear from Tua on that interception here as we throw it to him now at the podium.
2: You generally
3: assess your Yeah, I'm I mean you know, to me, it, it doesn't matter how I performed today. We, we, we lost. I mean, I mean it, it, it's tough to kind of critique how I performed or how any of our guys performed. Um, you know, right now, just, I mean, you know, it's it's tough in the locker room right now. So um, we'll take a look at that when we get back uh, to Florida and uh, we'll take those cracks from them. Yeah, on the interception, that was just a bad decision. You know, it should never, should never went, went there. So, what can you say about, um, how much to yeah, I, I think overall, our, you know, the offensive guys did good. Um, the receivers got open, you know, made some plays. Um, you know, we just got to finish drives every time we go out there with points, you know. I mean, that was tough today. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I don't know. I probably should have just ran that. You know, everyone in the stadium knew that I should have ran that. So. I mean, we're we're trying to get the first down, and we're we're giving the best guys we think you know an opportunity to get that. So. We just gotta, we gotta execute better on that. Yeah, we, we, we have checks, you know, but I mean, like I said, we, we try to put our best guys in the best position to, you know, get us first downs and, um, that's the situation we had and, you know, we just didn't execute it. it.
2: How are you
3: feeling about that drive and about how the result I mean really I the end result you know we, we lost so it was, a, it was a touchdown but it I mean at the end of the day it doesn't matter because we lost so that's so that's it Yeah, we, I mean, on those, we, I, I didn't execute, you know, to the highest level that, you know, I know this offense can execute plays. Um, and I'd say those plays are pretty much both to the running back. So, you know, I, I got to do a better job on that part. Yeah. um, I mean, I'm not 100 percent, but I was 100 percent ready to be out there. That's that's all I can tell you, Um, you know, and I would have never put myself in the position to go out and play if I knew, you know, I'd I'd be in uh, a position where I'd hurt myself. So, you know, that's, that's that. Yeah, I I mean, I I got to take a look at the instant replay. Um, I I wasn't even sure. So, you know, it's one of those things where I I just went with it, you know, saying we probably scored. You know, I don't know. Well, you know, I think you got to go in to work tomorrow or whenever we have film, and you just got to get things corrected, get things fixed, and continue to put your head down and work. I think that's the only way you go about, you know, these kind of things. I think we're very close as a team to getting to where we want to be. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's just little things that uh, we can, you know, look at in the film room and, you know, try to learn from and, and work, work towards. None of that played a role. None of that played a role. I mean, it, it's it's tough enough to be in the NFL to to think of you know their defense and what their defense is scheming up and what we're we're trying to do offensively. So none of that was ever a thought for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really nice place. Um, we stayed stayed on a golf course, and I mean. You know, the golf course is, is pretty big. You know, there, there's really not much water in trees, so you can slice it or hook it, and, you know, it'll pretty much be on the fairway. So it's from, from my take on that
0: Kind Of a weird ending to that press conference there, but Seth, I do want to go to you here as my consigliere on my left, talking about something that just kind of stood out to me. And the same thing with Brian Flores there is one thing I always heard about about Tua was his spirit. And even last year, with Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about him, and there was a a, a segment where you know when he blew the hip up back at Alabama, that Nick Saban called him to cheer him up. And Nick Saban says, Well, he called, he cheered me up on the phone, but I did not hear a very positive tone today from the Miami quarterback. What'd you think of that press conference there?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, look, I want, I want my leaders uh, uh, to, t- I want it to hurt. I want them to hurt, and I want them to take ownership. And I think that's what you saw from both Tua and from Coach Flores. Probably took ownership of some things that they didn't need to, right? Uh, and, and then certainly owned up to the things that they needed to. So, so that is what you want, you know? I, I think. Um, You know, if anybody's questioning the character of Brian Flores or Tua then then you probably don't understand what you've got there in a head coach and a quarterback. I think those are two high-character individuals who are highly competitive, who work their butts off and want to win. But at this point, those guys have to go out there and answer those questions. Those are absolutely the answers they need to give. But they know it has to start translating on the field. And I think that what we're hearing in their voices is that All that work has just been empty with these results, and you're starting to see what that means when these losses start to add up. Yes, it's a 17-game season, but right now the best you can be is 12-5, and and you know what your schedule looks like, and you don't have any answers yet. And so I think that's what we're hearing. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to keep losing like that.
1: Big Seth, let me tell you, man, what I loved about what Tua said overall there, no, I'm not 100%, but I 100% want to be out there. For sure. You know what I mean? If that happens with everybody in that locker room, man, we got a better situation of being able to go out there and play football for each other, man. That's what and that's what football is all about. You know, you got a guy with cracked ribs. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit in the segment before Tua came on, but right there, man, I'm a, I'm a I'm a tongue of a lower fan right now. He's won you over. He's won me over, man. Just on this, that toughness enough because that's what the league is all about. You know, we go back to hurt and injured, but Tua saying that right there. And not caring about, you know, big plays or big drives or whatever, bottom lines, we came away with an L. That's, that's how that's how it's supposed to be. Nobody should be excited about anything today, you know, no matter if he threw for 450 yards and 12 touchdowns and we lose. That's to his attitude, man. And that is um, that's bigger than anything, man. But the fact that he said I'm not 100%, which nobody is. and Coach Flo even alluded to that, too. Coach Flo said everybody's hurt right now, yeah. you know what I mean? Coach Flo alluded alluded to that too, but I 100% want to be out there. How many other guys want to be 100% want to be out there? I don't see the whole 53, 47 whatever it is being 100 in on being out there, man.
2: I think it's a great point, Juice, and it's kind of what I was asking earlier when I, you know, when I named those top 4 guys there like where were they today? Uh, and we know where they were, but maybe it was like a why were they where they were? But mm-hmm. it, you know, with Tua, as you one of the big questions as we're sitting here watching another football game in the studio is, do you have the right guy under center? You know, that's a huge question that, that needed yeah. to be answered this season and still dealt with the injury. There's still a lot of things that need to be determined and we'll see what happens the rest of the year. But what you saw today for a guy who did come back from the cracked ribs that probably could have gotten away was saying, I need another week. I don't want to go out there and deliver a bad performance another week. It still hurts when I take a deep breath. I don't want to get hit. The offensive line isn't really dominating. He could have made that decision. He didn't. And then he also threw for 329 (laughs) yards. Like, we can't forget that. Yes, he had the one head scratcher, which he seems to always deliver that one head scratcher, and I'm going to try to chalk that up to being a young guy. But, you know, they talked about the 91-yard drive in the fourth quarter. That's what you want from your starting quarterback, and – I don't know why the play calls are what they are. I'm seeing a lot of, oh, they're not trusting in their quarterback. I don't know. I think they put some faith in the quarterback. I don't know why they're scheming it up the way they are, Juice. I can't answer that one. But to me, Tua answered the call today.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I thought he played really well. And you talk about the accountability there of, of some of those decisions, saying the interception was a bad decision, never should have went there. He also said that everyone in the stadium knew he should have ran that ball on that third and two, which they would later convert a fourth down to Matt Collins anyway. So it didn't ultimately have a larger impact I frankly thought he missed a touchdown pass on that if he hits the guy in stride and he could take it all the way at the sideline in there for six and get six points on the board for an offense that desperately needs it but again like Juice mentioned I like that he said that he's not at 100% but I was 100% ready to go out there and also when asked about the 91 yard drive he just said we lost that's that's all that you need to know about that right. so Good stuff there from QB1. I want to come back and talk a little bit more about something we teased earlier, talking about how the defense changed without Noah or without Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Talk a little bit more about this game. Get out of town scores around the league. Plenty to come here. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Fort Lauderdale or online at GuntherVDub.net for car buying done your way. You got to get to Gunther again. The final score from London: Jacksonville 23, Miami 20. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm beaches The season is here and so is your chance to experience the thrill of Dolphins football live and in the stands as the official marketplace of the NFL Ticketmaster has got you covered with the largest selection of seats of any ticketing marketplace don't miss any of the action grab your tickets now at ticketmaster.com/dolphins and guys we talked a lot about the offense in this show today so far i want to talk some defense and i kind of teased this a couple segments ago regarding the defensive game plan and structure of this Miami Dolphins game without Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and Juice I've you know this has been a segment on the podcast basically for like 18 months now since we got X and Byron the band back together as it were at the cornerback position because in a lot of ways those guys mimicked what Pat Sertan and Sam Madison used to do once upon a time down here in terms of locking out their two top options on the outside and making life really difficult on the offense. Lots of man coverage, and that frees up a lot of blitzing and action you can do up front because of your trust in the coverage on the back end. Now, in this game, I thought we saw lots of zone coverage. I thought we saw lots of off coverage. Take your six, seven, eight yard out routes, then you miss a tackle, it turns into a 12- or 13-yard gain. So, Juice, as you watched this game unfold and you saw the way they came after them defensively, what did you think of that Dolphins defense and how badly missed were those two-star cornerbacks?
1: Well, they were. I mean, you'd like to play a lot more man, you know, and I think that even, you know, Jacksonville coming in, would like to come in, like a lot of teams against us, like to run a lot more, like, rub routes and, you know, when you run a lot of men and you get the crossers and guys, you know, bouncing off each other, I think that it works out a lot better. But I think that at the same time, though, our young guys came in and they, they did a solid job, you know, but but they should do a solid job against a group of receivers that I thought were, you know, not as talented as some of the guys we've gone against, you know. So, like we talked about before, it have been nice, it had been really nice to have our other guys back in there in a situation like this and be able to go out there and play the man defense that we like, you know, not worry about the rub routes, be able to bring the pressure with the, you know, with the defense, the amoeba defense, guys are standing up there and being able to go. Out. But, you know, missing those guys is huge. You can't, not in this league, can you ever, against any team, go out there without your top two cover guys. That's what this league is all about, as we as we all know. It's, you know, it's your, your, your left tackle, your pass rushers, your quarterback, but you also your cover guys. So without two top cover guys, it, it made it difficult. Marvin Jones had a hell of a day. Made some great catches, some, some, and we had great coverage with some of these guys. But at the same time, though, we talked about it earlier in the show, you know, great coverage has, has to turn to PBUs, has to turn to INTs. You know, great coverage is, it doesn't matter if a guy's still making plays, and that was some of the situations that happened today.
0: Well, I want to come to Seth on this because he was – Pretty animated as we watched the game late as far as this Dolphins defense getting pressure on Trevor Lawrence, and it seemed like they kind of figured it out in that fourth quarter with how to heat him up and how to get this defense off the field and get the ball right back to the offense so many times. And, you know, the offense didn't do any favors there. We, we talk about complimentary football all the time. Like, it just does not – go in the Dolphins' favor any time in the last five weeks. But defensively late there, we saw them sending Jerome Baker downhill at the quarterback, right? We thought we maybe kind of cracked into something there with as, as, as far as getting Jerome Baker as a blitzer and getting you know some pass rushers turned free. Did you like the way they kind of dialed things up there at the end of that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping to see more of that all game. I, well, as you know, I, I want to see more of that all year. Now, I'm not sophisticated enough in my understanding of X's and O's to to say, you know, what you're giving up if you do that and why they aren't doing that against certain players. I, I get it against Tom Brady. You know, when you blitz Tom Brady, you're leaving somebody exposed, and he's going to find that guy. Uh, and, and we saw what happens whether you blitz him or don't blitz him. But in this game against a rookie quarterback, against a team that's reeling that can't get, that hadn't won in 20 games, uh, I I was hoping for a tremendous amount of pressure, and especially when you talk about complementary football, that can happen on the same side of the ball too. Sure. So if you're hurting in the secondary, you need more pressure up front. Those That front seven has more responsibility on their shoulders if you don't have X and Byron out there. So I would have liked to have seen more of that early. Yes, we did see it late. I, I I'll be curious when you go watch the All-22, Travis, how Nick Needham played. You didn't hear his name a lot, and I don't think they went at him a lot. Yeah, they, you agree. know, they, they decided to go in other directions. Uh, unfortunately, what we have seen, and it's just been consistent, is that when – and you don't see a lot of them. But when Igbenogany is in there, and, and he seems to find himself in a good position, but but I don't know if it, he looks lost or he can't find the ball. And, Juice, I you know, I don't know. I, obviously, you played on the other side of the ball. The guy is a former receiver. What's happening there when it seems like he's doing everything right – Except locating the football and making a play on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to even figure out, you know. And we, we've seen that with other guys as well, but Noah's just having a, a you know, seeing Noah early <laughs> making tackles. You don't want your corner making a lot of tackles in any situation, right? You want him having picks or, or PBUs, you know, but when they, when they pick on you, it's a little different situation. But I don't understand, you know, maybe as a DB, Seth is a little different, like, um, you know, when you're trying to figure out where you're at on the field, as compared to being a wide receiver formerly. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not sure what Noah's issue was, is, but I thought for for the most part that Noah was in great position, and we've seen that before from our corners as well, being in great position. But you got to make the play. play. Yep. Got to make the play. That's, I mean, that's all that matters.
0: And, and you wonder if that's play. why he's inactive and they, they still believe in there's this reason to have him on the roster to to develop him because it seems like, and you know, Tua said that he feels the team is close in general, it feels like he's close to being an impact player out there. It just hasn't quite come around for him. And I'm sorry to jump in on you there, Juice, but I wanted to come back to you with another question about somebody else in the secondary and kind of to Seth's point about wanting to see more pressure throughout the course of the game, because I think I have a question that might possibly be a reason or an answer for that, and I want to get your take on it, because number one, my game ball, if the Dolphins had won this game, we haven't given out game ball since September 12th, oh, <laughs> so God. it's been a minute, but it probably would have been Javon Holland. I'm a big fan of what I've seen from him. The way he covers space in that back end, the way, he, the way he just covers guys in general, I saw him peel off his man and make a play on a football in this game. I saw him come from a two-split safety look across the formation and break up a pass, I'm just very impressed with what he does. But my question here, and this is nothing against the young man because I think he's very smart, well-prepared, and he's going to be a really good player in this league for a long time. But because he is a rookie and he is in that kind of post position where typically that's a guy that makes calls and makes checks and gets everybody lined up, you count your formation, whatever the case may be back there, you're the eyes on the field for the coaching staff in that deep position out there. And we've seen this team have issues getting – Even just lined up, like last week we talked about this. Jerome Baker was outflanked on a flat route to a running back he was on the wrong side of the formation. There was a play last week on the All-22, Seth mentioned me kind of digging into that, where the the Bucks had an unbalanced offensive line, and what that means is you bring an extra offensive lineman and you put him onto the edge of the formation to give yourself more blockers and more gaps, and the Dolphins didn't adjust to that. There was only a couple guys over there. They were like outnumbered from the jump, and that's where you got like this 23-yard run from Leonard Fournette. So they're not getting lined up correctly every single time, and I thought that was an area they were fantastic at last year. So my question is this, Juice. Because the amoeba defense and all those pressure looks and all the creative stuff, the more creativity you have, the more chances you have for someone not doing their job the right way and then a, a leak or a bust in coverage, right? And we never saw a bust last year despite all the aggression. Is that something you can point to a Bobby McCain being a very, you know, six, seven-year experienced uh, player in that defensive secondary, captain of the defense, to going to a rookie in that position? Is that why maybe you see less creativity?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you, you always worry about rookies and how long, you know, how well and how far advanced they are in terms of, you know, knowing the defense and and, and the de- different um, adjustments you have to make. I always talk about myself in these situations because it took me a year, a year and a half to learn our offense inside and out. So I can only imagine the defense. We got certain adjustments with motion and and personnel and all the things they have to worry about uh, worry about too. But at the same time, though, there's there are other guys out there, veteran guys that can make sure guys are in position. There's some guys that have been on that team for a while that can make sure guys are making the right checks, starting with Baker, you know, in, in the middle, you know, as, as your linebacker. There's some also guys up front that can make sure the defense is adjusted the, the proper way. Um, you know, so, yeah, Javon and, and Bobby. Bobby was great at, you know, being where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. But that wasn't what we needed from that position. We needed more impact. And I think Javon's going to provide that in the future. But being in position and making the checks is is huge. But you you talk about last week. How about the fact that, you know, there's time upstairs to make these adjustments? You know, they can, they can, you got those adjustments for one up front. It's not just in the secondary, especially up front. Whenever you see unbalanced, that starts off with the D line and linebackers making those calls. You know, and then the secondary will make an adjustment to that. You know, so I love the fact that, you know, Javon is coming along. He's going to be a great player. I, I think I texted you guys how hard he comes at the, you know, on blitzes. He's going to be really, really solid. But for, the, for, for, the, for a young guy to be back there playing the secondary quarterback position, it's going to be a tough deal. But five, six games in, he's been back there a while. He should be getting it by now. And, and bottom line is this, Travis. We get so much film study, so much work. You know, there, there really are no excuses now. Especially guys now, they can take it home with them. You can take all this home. We couldn't take <laughs> it right. home with us before. <laughs> so if you're a little confused and don't understand, me and Steven say this too, not just on, on defense, but I saw the offense going back and forth, misaligning all the time. Today, you know what I mean? I saw Gesicki going the wrong way. I saw Waller going the wrong way. I saw of putting the back on different sides. There's a lot of people that aren't getting it, you know, getting set and, and, and missing up, messing up on just alignment early. So all the work they're doing during the week, I'm con- I'm a little confused by when they come out of the huddle and you got guys going back and forth like on the wrong side. There's a lot of things that need to be a, addressed and and it's on both sides of the ball.
0: And typically when you're one and five, it's a myriad of things that that kind of come together and, and cause all these issues that eventually cause you to not make that key few two or three plays in a game that cause you to lose in a contest that is tightly contested like this one, like the Colts, like the Raiders. That's how you come up short, I thought, based upon that first week in New England, maybe this team was going to be the exact same we had seen the last couple of years finding ways to win those tight games late. A couple other defensive players I want to go ahead and just point out here positively. And just real quick, Juice, I want to make it a point. I think Javon Holland's playing very, very well. I just had the question if that experience is maybe a reason why you don't go to all those different exotic looks. Just a question out there that I'm curious to get from a football mind. So I just want to make that very clear. I believe Javon Holland's playing really good football. I think Christian Wilkins had himself a big game. I thought Raquan Davis did, Emmanuel Ogba, Jalen Phillips continues to make strides, and then Brandon Jones as well were a couple guys that I thought played well in this game on this Dolphins defense get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Fort Lauderdale or online at GuntherVW.net for car buying done your way you got to get to Gunther again the final score Jaguars 23 Dolphins 20 you're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches It's time for Dolphins football parties. Take home gating to the next level with hot and delicious Totino's Pizza Rolls. And guys, we got to talk about the drive of the game coming up here. The Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to experience amazing. And it got started with a 32 yard pass from Tua Tungavailoa to Mike Kosicki.
2: Third and one and fourth and one to take over at their own nine yard line, trailing 17 to 30. Tua back to throw, play action gets down there wide open gesicki at the 40 and out at the 42 yard line i mean wide open and a perfect throw by tua
1: boy that thing down the middle is after open. about 20 yards for gesicki has just been wide open big hole in the middle of the field he just gearing it down which is what you need to do to make a bigger target for Tua, easier to hit
0: so you go 32 yards there to Mike Gesicki, 21 yards to Gesicki again on the following play, and the drive covers 70 plays, 91 yards, 3 minutes, 53 seconds, and ends with a Tua Tungavailoa 2-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle, his second on the day and Waddle's third of the season. All three Tungavailoa touchdown passes this season have gone to Jalen Waddle, and vice versa. Tua on the drive, 6-for-6, six six, 83 yards and the touchdown, and then of course finished out the fourth quarter 9-for-10 with 110 yards and the one touchdown. Down pass. So there's your Lexus drive of the game, guys. What would you think of the Dolphins there? And I guess I, I think that was it Joe there that kind of led into the topic I want to get into about the middle of the football field and kind of bring this conversation back to what we talked about earlier with being a little bit more aggressive on those first down throws, Juice. And, you know, I think you talked about this on the lunch bunch on Friday saying you want to see some of those dig routes and those seam routes to guys like, you know, Preston Williams, who didn't play in this game. But you got some of that down the middle of the field to Mike Gasicki in this game for a big game for Big Mike.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we also, you know, on that same drive, you know, he had Mac Hollins had a nice little dig route in there. You saw that, you know, they they got uh, Albert Wilson involved in that drive. There were so many guys that went in there and did so certain things that they do well, but we don't we don't take advantage of the middle of the field very well at all, you know. And we got tight ends that can do it. I mean, during Smile, Smite, he he proved his worth today as a guy that can go out there and make some plays. And I thought I thought your boy Jacoby was set early. Let me just go back to that real quick. If he puts that out there, Durham might be still running right now. You know what I mean? So that was that was so a Durham you know, would still
2: I, be running? I,
1: yeah, he'd still be running like five more yards, Seth. Okay. Yeah, five, five more. <laughs> not 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 forty, but you know, five more yards, man. But that yeah. was, you know, great, great play call and you know, and, and great opportunity there. But what I love about it is like we've got Weapons and we got to start utilizing them the correct way. And Mike, but when Isiki's is it going to start?
2: Like, what is it going to take for it to start? Juice, not to today. Should be,
1: I mean, if we didn't see that today that it works, then what when is it going to work? You know what I mean? Right. If we don't realize that we got to get the ball to Mike and down the field because he's a he's a he's a matchup nightmare for so many people, not five yard out routes, you know, not four yard, you know, hitch routes. But, you know, running the seams, running the seven routes, you know, running the nines, you know, he, he does it really well. And, you know, he might look a little funky like you guys talk about the way he runs. But, <laughs> boy, when, when he gets going, he's, he's tough to open. deal with, yeah. you know, especially at 6'6 six, six with a 40-plus inch vertical, give him an opportunity going, you know, going up to get one. You know, and I think that Tua find, found some, some love with his tight ends today, and I think they can continue that. They're going to learn and grow from that situation alone, that that's the way they can go. That one-two punch right there between him and Durham Smythe is, is, is going to be fun to watch moving forward. Now, I mean, we talk about, you know, just on that drive alone, I mean, that's how you put a drive together, mixing and matching, you know, getting a lot of guys involved. You know, I don't know how many run How many runs do we have, Travis? I, I missed the run count on that. I was just One, looking at it right now, now. Yeah, 20, 20 runs. I'm talking about on that on that drive alone, there oh, was like, you know, there were there was only a couple runs, but they were able to play action because, you know, and, and get some balls down the field. So just in general, I thought that the guys that they got involved should be more should have been involved a long time ago this season. But I hope they've learned from that and continue to use them, you know, successfully down the road.
0: Savon Ahmed had one five-yard rush on that touchdown. With it. Tua, did complete all six of his passes for 83 yards and a touchdown pass. And that's something I kind of wanted to go to you here, as the lights go out once again in the studio, kind of indicative of the Dolphins' season so far. Yeah, so. Golly, <laughs> talking in the dark right now. <laughs> Wi-Fi is gone too. Miles My- so. Gaskin five carries. Malcolm Brown five carries. Savon Ahmed seven carries. And one week after Miles Gaskin goes off for a career day for himself, he wind up with five carries. Not. Nine yards, a long of four, and he had a fumble in the game as well. So, if you're playing fantasy sports out there, you sure don't want to go anywhere near this Dolphins backfield because it seems to change every single week. 24 yards from Malcolm Brown, 22 on the ground from Tua Tunga vailoa on three rushes. He was almost the Dolphins' leading rusher, and Savon Aukman had 22 on seven carries. So you know, I don't. Where do you guys come down on this backfield rotation right now? Because it seems like it changes all the time, and I'm not quite sure the rhyme or reason behind it. Because at first, I thought it was for pass protection when Malcolm Brown came in the game. But that, of course, can make you too predictable. Today, Gaskin turfs one and kind of gets the doghouse treatment. Ahmed comes in and only sees the ball seven times. What do you guys think of this running game and and the direction of it and and just the I guess the distribution of it so far, Seth?
2: You, you know, obviously, we've heard from the head coach that the belief system in in this organization is that this is a passing league you know and that's where the investment was in uh, draft picks that uh, both on, on both sides of the ball and that's where the investment was in free agency um but the, uh, on both sides of the ball the last couple of the years the reality is is that it wasn't good enough by at least one damn yard you know, I I don't know that they need to go out and play ball control. i it. I'm already seeing enough of these 13, 14 play drives. I, you know, we're talking about wanting them to push the ball downfield. I'd love to see more of that. But when you have to have the plays, your guys up front and your backs need to be able to get you third and one, fourth and one. I mean, that needs to happen to be able to keep drives live. Or in this case, if you're gonna take, if you're gonna make that kind of a gutsy decision, if you want to call it gutsy, some people might question whether it was a smart decision or not. But if you're gonna go for it in a tie game on your side of the ball, uh, on your side of the field in, in the fourth quarter, and give Jacksonville the ball back, you gotta convert on it. You have to convert on it, especially when there was nothing there. That I mean, they just lined up and tried to run it down their throats, and it didn't happen out of the so, shotgun, too. No yeah, honest. well, yeah. So that that is curious. That is curious why they would do it out of the shotgun. I don't know if that was even asked. I don't. I, did, did, I, didn't hear it, I don't either. think that that was asked of Coach Flores. I think that would have been a good question to ask. But the reality is, is that is it good enough? I don't care that it's twenty for seventy-seven. It's not good enough because they didn't make the big plays when they needed to. And we've seen them struggle down in the goal line, even earlier in the season, where all of a sudden Jacoby makes some crazy play fourth down and they and they score. When they have short yardage, they have really struggled. And so that tells me the big guys up front aren't getting it done, and the backs aren't making the plays when they have
0: to. Yeah, that's all great points. I, I like the idea of being, you know, kind of outside of the box. And we we talk about this quarter by quarter, I guess it's the first and fourth quarter the Dolphins seem to show up and the second and third quarter things just go completely awry for the most part this season. I think one of the things that goes into that is just the the idea of playing to to tendencies and being aggressive when you when you have the opportunity for either a longer game to finish up and you don't have to sit there and, and dwell on the mistake that you might have made or you know when you have to have it late in the game so you go to it. That third and one pass that Jacoby Brissett came in and threw, I mean, I talked about this in the podcast this week. Sometimes the best opportunities you have for big plays are those third or fourth and short downs where yeah, it's a low percentage throw, but it's your biggest, your best chance throughout the course of the game to hit a big play when the defense is set on to stop the run, especially against a quarterback who has only come into the game for Tua in the past when Tua's healthy to sneak the ball up the middle. So I thought that was a great tendency breaker to find a way to create some offense that way. I think we need a lot more of that when Tua's in the game, when Jacoby's in the game, whoever it might be out there. I think Miami needs a lot more of that from the running backs, from the receivers, from the quarterback, from the offensive line. The entire thing has to be better. But on this drive that takes the Dolphins into a 2017 lead late in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes to go, Tunga Vailoa completes the pass to Jalen Wall for a two-yard touchdown pass. And that was the Lexus drive of the game brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. And guys, one of the positives of having the early game out in London is the fact that we get to go home here soon and watch the rest of the games. We'll get to the out-of-town scoreboard here next on the post-game show. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Fort Lauderdale or online at GuntherVolkswagen.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score, Jacksonville 23 Miami 20. You're listening to the 5th Quarter Post Game Show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppressal in Council Oak, and much, much more. Only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. And Week 6 on Sunday kicked off with the Dolphins in London taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, of course, fall. 23-20, 23-20, but let's go ahead and get to the rest of the scores around the NFL. Give me that music. Let's go ahead and start where the weekend began on Thursday night in Philadelphia as Tampa Bay took down the Eagles 28-22. A late game comeback there from Philly, fell just short at the end. We talked about Dolphins falling against the Jaguars 20 23 The Packers are up at halftime 10-7 over the Bears right now, and the Bengals have a 10-0 lead in the third quarter against the Detroit Lions. The Colts are up 10-3 on the Texans at halftime. The Rams, a commanding 20 20- 8-3 lead at halftime over the New York Giants. The Chiefs are behind again at 2-3 and and trailing to Washington at halftime, 13-10 at the break there. The Vikings up 12-10 on Carolina at the halftime break in Carolina. And the Ravens up 17-6 over the Chargers early in the third quarter. The Browns and Cardinals will face off at 4 o'clock. So too will the Raiders and Broncos in the 425 window. Cowboys at Patriots and then tonight Seahawks and Geno Smith at the Pittsburgh Steelers. On Monday night, the Buffalo Bills travel to face the Tennessee Titans. So guys, that's the week six NFL action going on for your Miami Dolphins. One and five out of the gates here through the first six games of the season. Juice, I'm going to throw it to you here because you have the experience being around a team. I don't know if you've ever been on a team that began a season this bad before, but maybe you can tell me about some experience you had when you were on a team that was not accomplishing what you thought they could, maybe underachieving the expectations you had going in, and how do you keep pushing yourself through and and find find something to play for over the course of the next, what is it, 12 weeks left in the season? Because at 1-5 and five right now, you got a long way to go before you consider yourself a contender again.
1: Yeah, well, keeping it 100, man, we, we underachieved my whole career, I think. I thought we had some teams that were capable of being, like, uh, really, really good. At one point, we had 19 first-rounders on our team or former first-rounders on our team. So, you know, we, we I went through that my whole career. But most of our struggles really, really came towards the end of the season, you know? Coach Ford, my favorite coaches of all time, always said they only remember what you do in December, and December wasn't very good for us a lot of times. And a playoff push, trying to get home field advantage, win our division, or whatever it might be, we seem to start off really well all the time. And so that's been the th- biggest thing right there. Once you start off bad, then it's hard to try to right the ship. And then you got to figure out, you know, who's going to be there. Because now, like we talked about earlier in the show, there's so many guys that are banged up, you know, like the rest of the league. Now you're really trying to figure it out. You know, if you're, a, you know, if we're one and five or, I mean, if we're five and one, you might see more guys out there, you know, going to bat, you know, strapping it up and going out there and giving a shot. You start worrying about guys when your team starts to lose games, you know, whether they're going to take these opportunities or take these chances out there on the football field and preserve themselves, which is a bunch of BS in my opinion. That's what I was going to Be- say,
2: Juice, because that's a scary thought. When you're saying that right now,
1: And and, and
2: one in five, this is not uh, one in 14 right now. This is one in five. And if guys are checking out, and I don't know that they are, and we're not making those accusations, I would like to see, as I said earlier, I don't want to backtrack here. There are guys and I I am disappointed that we're not out there today, Travis and Juice. But at one in five, if guys are checking out, that's problematic. And so I don't know if that's a character issue that that those guys each need to uh, address individually or that a leader needs to step up and, and call guys out. Or, or when I say a leader, a team leader, a player, but then from a coaching perspective, they gotta find ways. That's that's gotta be Coach Flores' biggest challenge. Yes, they have to find ways to win, but he's gotta find ways to keep this locker room motivated.
0: Yeah, because it's yeah. not you're not just playing. I mean, this is a young team that still has you know a, a lot of these young guys have a lot of football ahead of them in their futures and their careers, and whether that's here or someone else, you obviously want to put together good tape, right, Juice? But you know, I, I guess from a my my other question would be is from a fan perspective. Like, what are you looking for the rest of the way? Like, what? where do you start next week against the Atlanta Falcons? What do you have to, you know, let, let's say it was a 9.30 kickoff and we had to kind of get up early to get out here, right, Seth? We had to get our morning going a little bit expedited and get out here to the station to watch the game and do the show. What gets you out of bed for this football team right now?
1: I'm, a, I'm You know me? I'm Pride. a huge Dolph fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge doll fan, and they should be a huge doll fan as well. You know what I mean? It really should be, no matter what, they all have a job, you know what I mean, and only their, their job is to do their job. And for the guys that get, it's it's so frustrating to see some of these guys that. You know, let, let me backtrack real quick, because I'm in the middle of like a Twitter battle as well as you know <laughs> trying to do a show. Because all these people, yeah, Twitter's going like, off. They're talking about we're like soft when we come to talking about our dolphins. They got us all twisted, man. Yeah, we work for the organization, we work for the team, you know what I'm saying? But we we keep it as 100 as we possibly can.
0: You guys have no idea.
1: We're not going to be here sitting here talking about this guy needs to be fired, this guy needs to go somewhere else. That's not how we do things on this show. So if you want to listen to that, tune out. I don't even care anymore about all these people that want to be at home (laughs) trying to run this organization. You know what I mean? It means nothing to me. Who are they bringing in, by the way? Bro, yeah, exactly yeah. What, right, what
0: are your man. solutions?
1: They're, they're a joke. They're a joke to me. and they've been. I get it. I'm frustrated. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bigger fan than anybody that might come on Twitter, you know, and a former player. So all this stuff that I keep hearing, you know, all this Twitter, all this stuff talking about. And, and don't talk trash about my co-host or me, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we don't care. We are here to do a job. And we're talking about a team that is struggling. So what do you want to do? You want to sit here and bash them left and right? We're doing what we're supposed to do, and we're talking about players that, that should be singled out, called out, and we gotta praise the guys that are out there playing well. That's the definition of a post-game show. It's not just sit here and and, and bitch and moan about what's going on in the football field. So back to what we're talking about here is for these guys, you know, they gotta have a little bit of pride about themselves in this locker room. They should take this L harder than any L they've taken all year long. You know, this is bigger L than the Tampa L. You know, because Tampa's a former champs, you know, last year's champs, and they went up there and they put it on them. This is a worse L than that L, you know? So this, if they look at themselves and figure out, you know what, and Baker said it last week, I heard him make a comment about looking at the man in the mirror. I thought Baker played a much better game today than he played previously, you know? And that's the way we're going to get better as a team. Everybody's got to take that upon themselves to look at what they've done and what they haven't done and, and get better. So I'm excited to see that, you know, there are some guys that got a chance to play. I was good. I was happy to see Noah play today. Ikvinagini. I was happy to see you know Hollins get an opportunity. I was happy to see Gesicki get some opportunities. We see where we can go to be successful as a football team. But to sit here and you know and and and, and talk about you know how we're taking it easy on this team and this guy should be fired and whatever you know kick rocks with that stuff, man. We only can play with the guys that we have, the guys that dress out, the guys that want to be out there, and we move forward from there. You know, so I think that all these guys that went out there and had an opportunity to play, I think they're going to it's going to help them a lot. It's going to help us out a lot as an organization to make decisions on who we want to roll with, you know, moving forward with this team.
0: Well, Seth, that was pretty well said. I don't think either of us can top that. You want to get out to a break? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I'll get back to Twitter and see how they react. Get your new Volkswagen with Gunther Plus at Gunther Volkswagen Fort Lauderdale or online at gunthervdub.net. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score Jacksonville 23, Miami 20. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins Radio Network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. I got you. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight reel plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football, and this season you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection for seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins and the Dolphins fall for their fifth straight to Jacksonville and Seth I didn't want to leave you out here on this segment because Juice carried the water for us great that that was fantastic stuff here from the former uh, Miami Dolphins legend here but I just wanted to to give you the last thought on this because I asked Juice as a fan where do you go from here you you said pride as a as a fan what what does the rest of the season now look like to you one five heading into this game against the Falcons next Sunday
2: well again first and foremost there's what 11 games left in the season, so I can't tell people how to be fans, right? Everybody does it differently. But to me, anytime I watch the Miami Dolphins go out there, even in the you know, I hate to bring up this season because we got we got our one win early here, and I and I'd like to believe there's going to be more. <laughs> but every week you go out and you root for your favorite players and you cheer for your team and you cheer for that damn logo and and you want them to win games. And so when you come to this show and you get three different perspectives, one from a guy who did it and did it as well as anybody on the field, you get a guy like yourself who studies the game and has and has put yourself in a position to be in this seat because of the hours and hours and hours you've put in and your passion for the team and then whatever experience that i have the perspective <laughs> is not going to be just to sit here and say we'll fire everybody because if you want to fire somebody after every three years you're going to be rebuilding for the rest of this franchise's history and so if you're not believing in these guys as a fan but you still care about the logo and you have pride in being a miami dolphins fan then go out there and root for your team not saying you can't be angry not saying you can't want people's heads but we're just not going to come out here and do that we're going to evaluate the team as it is until they tell us that that team looks differently do they need to play better? Hell, yes, they do. <laughs> you know, question. Absolutely, they need to play better. Do they need to not make stupid penalties? Do they need to convert third and ones, fourth and ones? Do they need to maybe kick it away on fourth and one on their side of the ball? I would say yes. You know, Coach Flores thought differently. He's put in that seat to make that decision. And you can be upset with that decision. But if you want to come on this show, like Drew said, if you want to listen to this show and, and hope that we're going to go out here and try and fire people and tell Stephen Ross how to run his franchise, that's not going to happen.
0: That's Yeah, I can't say it better than that. You guys both killed it there, the guys from the fish tank, Seth and OJ. And I'm just curious because each of the last two years, this team found a way to put together runs where they ripped off a bunch of wins. And even in that 2019 season with a roster that set records for the most players used in a single season in the National Football League's history, they found a way to win games. I'm curious to see. What I'm curious to find out and reasons to go for and watch is to find how they might find that same magic for a third straight year because right now it's about all you have to look forward to is another possible run from this team but right now they're a long ways from that at one and five guys we have the podcast network this week what's coming up on the fish tank anything good well, we have James McKnight
2: uh, coming up now, one of one of uh, O.J.'s favorite wideouts. You know, he loves to bring Absolutely. the wideouts in. But, Absolutely. Yeah, and James was not only is such a gentleman, but he he was very forthcoming. He talked about some personal challenges that he had, uh, and then he talked about some frustrations with the teams that he played on that were coached by Dave Wanstedt. So, really great interview.
0: Yeah, Juice. Uh, Seth told me the other night about the 80-something-yard touchdown reception he had against Washington on Sunday night back in 2003, I think it was. Right. Yes. yes. In, in the orange uniforms, Fiedler comes back and they get the victory in a big game there. Your boy, James McKnight, man, you, you excited to run that interview?
1: absolutely, man. You know, anytime we get a chance to talk to wideouts, first and foremost, it's always a point, man. You know, Seth was trying to, you know, he was trying to distract me for a while with some of our guests, you know, and they were <laughs> obviously great guests, but when we get back to wide out, you know, I'm, I'm excited all the time.
0: Well, you guys can look forward to that on Tuesday on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, The Fish Tank. Also, go back and check out last week's episode. I just want to tell you guys one last time, the Irving Fryer episode was fantastic. That was one of the best ones you guys have done. Just hearing Irving's perspective, and then also the way Juice and him interacted as far is not being the best of friends at first, Juice. <laughs> Seth, you got something? No, I will see what he says oh, Yeah, yeah, go for it, Juice. What? Yeah,
1: there's, there's a lot. I, you know what? I, I don't think I'm best of friends with anybody at the beginning. <laughs> I think I worked my way into it, Travis. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, even these these – these people on Twitter that don't like me right now, they'll be they'll be cool a little bit. You hey, know what I mean? So that's how, that's how I work, bro.
0: Juice, you might you probably don't remember this, but I'm going to tell you about the first time I met you. So I, I knew about the fish tank oh. uh, from just listening and being a big fan of you guys. And I went down to cover a game. This is back when I was with Locked on Dolphins, and I, I would cover the team for a couple of games a year with part of the Miami Dolphins fan website stuff. Really cool stuff they do to get fans involved and get them closer to the game that way, as far as a media outlet. And they were doing a uh a walk of fame induction, and I forget who it was, so my apologies on that. But I walked past you and said, "Hey, man, I love the fish tank, and obviously a big fan of yours for you know my entire childhood." And you walked by and said, "I appreciate that, man." And we talked for like two minutes, so I appreciated that, even though you didn't That's know right. who I was at the time. So y- you liked right. me at first. So you guys got better off to a better start. It yeah, sounds like. exactly. You liked me at That's first, right. so I guess I did something right there.
1: That's right. That's right. You came. <laughs> at, you came at me the right way. You know what I mean. Some of these people come at me the wrong way, then. You know, then the crackback OJ comes back. You
2: know I mean? <laughs> well isn't it yeah, lazy also to just say fire everybody? Of course. Yeah, I, I, I mean God, six yeah, not the the seat. Everybody's
0: not the problem, right? Everybody's not the damn it can't problem. Can't be everybody. Right? you got to have a solution if you want to make changes like that. So, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks to our executive producer and booth producer Alejandro Solana, our studio producers Robert Griepert and Matthew Wilson, our radio booth engineer with Stephen J. Gray, for O.J. McDuffie and Seth Levitt. I am Travis Wingfield. The final score of today's game was 23-20, the Dolphins fall to Jacksonville. Dolphins football will be back on the air next Sunday for Week 7. The Dolphins will be back at home at Hard Rock Stadium hosting the Atlanta Falcons. This has been the Miami Dolphins post-game show on the